Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. Today, we are joined by Christian Bannock. He is a business development and growth consultancy that helps advertising and marketing agencies land six and seven figure deals. Predictably, he's got clients like BBDO, Jack Morton, Vice Media, and Barkley, um, and they help them find right fit opportunities and by- bypass the expensive and time-consuming RFP processes is what we're going to dig into today. Um, when he's not doing all of this for his clients, you can find him chasing the Chicago Cubs around the country, trying to see them in uh, all the Major League Baseball parks and uh, just staying fit and active. So with all of that, Christian, thanks for taking some time to join us today. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very much uh, looking forward to this conversation. Likewise, um, I'm, I'm excited because we're going to dig into some nerdy stuff. We're going to talk turkey. We're going to talk numbers on like what does it really cost to get new business opportunities and how can we think through the different ways of cutting that cost down while maintaining some level of consistency. We've talked at nauseum on the show about why it's important to always have a full pipeline. You know, it's a great place to be from an operations and profitability perspective, but we haven't really dug into the numbers behind that. So really excited to do that. But before we get into all of that, I'd love to give you an opportunity to share with everyone what it is that you do in your own words. Yeah, great. Well, again, thank you for uh, for having me here today. So as you had mentioned, uh, Christian Badak is, is my company. We are uh, a business development and growth consultancy. We work with advertising agencies and marketing services companies. And our value proposition is really helping them land six and seven figure opportunities predictably. And what we find is that, you know, most agencies are relying on word of mouth, referrals, Um, maybe some sort of inbound RFPs, um, which is great. Uh, However, uh, that is not predictable. You don't necessarily know when they're going to come in, who they're going to come in for. And we believe that there's a better way to go about generating new business uh, and really winning the type of clients that you want with some level of predictability. And what led you to start your company and start doing this for multiple agencies? How did you get here? Yeah, well, it's been an interesting journey for myself. You know, I was uh, an agency owner uh, way back when, when I was in high school, actually, I kind of stumbled into this. I actually started a company that was more of a concert promotions business in high school, and it grew very rapidly. We were working with Lady Gaga and Pitbull and some really big artists. And along the way, uh, got introduced to experiential marketing, which was a natural extension of, you know, concert promotions and was doing work with Allstate and Disney and some other um, really, uh, you know, great companies. And that business was humming along very well until the Great Recession hit. And we, like a lot of agencies that I talk to now, we had just grown through word of mouth and referrals. And when the recession hit, we did not have a, uh, any sort of sales process. So I went out, I hired a consultant, they came in, they really helped me. And I loved the new business process. Um, 
I was at a kind of a point in my life, though, after a couple of years of kind of struggling on after the recession, that I was ready for something different. And I loved the business development side so much that that's where I wanted to spend my time. So for the last maybe 10 years, I've been working in different business development roles, small agencies, bigger agencies, independent holding companies, uh, but always with a focus on biz dev. And what I found was that my secret sauce, my superpower was really that generating those top of the funnel leads. And that's where I focused a lot of my energy on. And then in the back of my mind, I had wanted to do something else again. Once you're a business owner, I think it's hard to get that out of your system, but I wasn't really sure what or when or how. Uh, and then, you know, the pandemic happened and it felt kind of like deja vu all over again with companies and agencies going out of business, struggling. However, I felt like I was in a different place, you know, than I was the prior 10 years ago. So I, you know, figured, you know what, this might be my calling. Uh, so I decided to leave the agency that I was at and form this company and, and help agencies just like that consultant had helped me 10 years prior. Awesome. So with all of that, um, we're talking about an important topic today, which is looking at the economics of your sales process, right? So important to have one that works, um, but also important to have one that's efficient. And I want to start with RFPs. Um, that's usually kind of the next rung in the ladder when we go from word of mouth referrals, then it's RFPs, right? Like companies that are making it publicly available to say like, hey, we need some work and we would like you to, you know, give us a bid or a proposal and you're opting into that competitive process. Let's break down what it means to respond to an RFP and some of the costs that we might not be thinking about that go into that process and how we can start to measure what it's actually costing us to go through that RFP process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I agree. I think uh, a lot of agencies default sort of to that. Um, however, you know, we find that that is, it's really a lot, of, it's a challenge, right? There is a lot of uh, cattle calls, if you will, where 20 people or 20 or more agencies might be responding to, to one of those. And sometimes, you know, we find that these opportunities are rigged. Uh, you know, the, the, the winner has sort of been determined before that RFP ever really hits, hits the market. So you're fighting an uphill battle uh, when, you're, when you're playing that game. And, you know, there's a variety of things that you're going to want to look at uh, in terms of what the costs, you know, come down to. Uh, I think from a high level standpoint, uh, you know, I've had numerous conversations with a lot of agency owners and from my own experience, you know, you could spend on the low end, you know, maybe $10,000, you know, responding to an RFP in, in labor or hard costs. Um, I've heard up to a couple hundred thousand dollars for other pitches. Um, you know, one of the, the chief growth officer of Dentsu um, actually explained that their sort of process was they were allocating anywhere from three to 5% of the annual billings for responding to an RFP. So if it might be a million dollar RFP, that could be a 30 or $50,000 investment. Um, and when you're playing an odds game where you might only be winning 10, 20, 30%, you can kind of do the math then and figure out, you know, you could be spending several hundred thousand dollars responding to RFPs uh, in any given year, um, if not more, depending on how many you're participating in. And of course, I don't want this episode to turn into us poo-pooing on RFPs, but there are a lot of problems with them from my perspective as well as the profitability and operations guy. Um, and a lot of it comes down to just the posture that it puts you in by default in the sales process where you are inserting yourself as an order taker from the client from point one, like from the very beginning. And often the work that you win from RFPs 
tends to be not the most profitable work that you have tends to be not the most well-scoped work that you tend to have. So, um, you know, the argument that I hear a lot on the back end of this is like, oh, well, that's fine that we spent $100,000 to win a million dollar RFP. But if your margin on that is going to be 10% at the end of the day, like then, you know, maybe it's not okay, because in aggregate, you might not even really be making money on that outside of just keeping your team utilized. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit about um, where do the majority of the costs come from in that process? Like if you were to break it down, how would you say, um, what are the major culprits that make it expensive? And how do we, how can we start thinking about if we are still going to, you know, approach companies that are putting out RFPs, how do we start to bring that cost down or get ourselves outside of that process? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great question. Yeah. I, th- I think, you know, one of the costs then is obviously is, is the biggest cost is our, is our time. Uh, you know, you can allocate or figure out how many uh, individuals you have on your team that are participating, you know, in the development of that RFP, you know, everything from, you know, the strategy and the research to the actual writing, developing, the pitching, uh, you know, very quickly, you know, can add up. It's usually not one individual that's, you know, putting this together, but, you know, a team that, that is taking that approach. Uh, and, and those, those numbers obviously can add up, you know, really, really fast. Um, then you can look at, um, contractors, you know, a lot of times you may be, you know, maybe you're strapped, um, in certain areas, um, from a, from a time standpoint. So you're reaching out to contractors. So now there's a real hard cost actually to go out and, and have certain things done, you know, for you, um, you know, which, which is also, uh, you know, a, a challenge as well. Uh, you know, then there's other, you know, you might have to do some proprietary research or, you know, other things, depending how deep you want to take, you know, this, uh, this individual uh, RFP response. Uh, so, you know, as you can see, I mean, quite, quite uh, easily, these, these numbers can add up, you know, pretty significantly. And, and you really then have to ask yourself as well, you know, are, is that time best spent responding to that RP with, you know, perhaps a low chance of, of winning. Um, and if you did win, what is the margin like you had mentioned, um, or are those hours better spent, you know, in, in other ways? And so how can one think if we're in a position now where that's the level of new business that we've kind of graduated to, we're responding to a lot of RFPs, maybe we're kind of playing the numbers game. We're starting to become cognizant that like, geez, this really is taking a lot of our time and we're not winning a lot of these. How do we start to level up from that? How do we start to get outside of the RFP process um, and maybe become the agency that was rigged to win it in the first place? How do we put ourselves in that spot? Yeah, that's that's the area that, that we really try to advise, you know, clients on is that, that, that there is a way for all of that to happen. And, you know, it's really about trying to be more proactive in, you know, who you're reaching out to and who you want to work with. Uh, and, and usually that involves some sort of a more proactive outbound uh, approach. And I know in the agency world, we don't like to use the word sales, um, but, you know, it is sales. It's it's defining, you know, first and foremost, kind of who, what are the problems that you are really good at solving? What type of you know industries, types of companies are experiencing that problem, and proactively introducing yourself and getting in front of those types of prospects to, you know, not necessarily to try to close a sale, you know, immediately, you know, because we know that there's a long sales cycle. They may not be in the market for buying services like yours right now, but the idea is to build that relationship. So. Uh, a number of different things could happen. You know, maybe you build that relationship up and you can win a small project um, from that particular client and get your foot in the door. And if you prove yourself out, you can win more additional business, maybe even that AOR type opportunity. 
Um, if that doesn't work that way, then, you know, you can also then build that relationship. So, uh, you know, maybe there is then an RFP that comes out that you get invited to that you wouldn't have been invited to otherwise, or you do get invited, but now you have that relationship. So to your point, uh, you know, instead of being just one of 20 agencies that were invited, you were, you're one of the 20, but you actually have that relationship already with them. You may even know some of their pain points and challenges and what they want. So, you know, your chance of converting and winning that business is exponential higher. But it all revolves around being proactive and strategic in, in who you're reaching out to, why you're reaching out to them, and, and flat out just reaching out to them in the first place. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. I like that approach. Now let's dig into how you might actually go about doing that. So th there's a whole section of this conversation where we start talking now, but we've, we've covered it a little bit in terms of what might it cost you to do an RFP. You've got to look at how much time investment is going into that. And similarly with outreach, um, you can choose to do that in-house or you can choose to outsource it to a company like yours. How do we figure out how much we should be spending in order to get a contract? Do you have some benchmarks for what a reasonable cost cost of acquisition is um, relative to contract size? And what are some of the decision making processes that we might go through to figure out if it makes sense to try and do this in house and build our own outreach process versus if we should start by finding a partner like yourself that can come in and install that for us? Um, and what does the gap there typically look like? Yeah, yeah, I would say if you're taking an outbound approach, uh, you know, and you haven't done it before, there, there's a lot of learnings that are going to come from the first six months to a, a year. And, you know, we do both, you know, we advise clients that are trying to build an in-house system uh, on their own. And we also are outsourced. So, so I don't have a skin in the game one way or the other. We, we do both. But generally speaking, if you haven't done this yet, and you don't know the problems that you solve very well, you don't know the, the audience, you don't have the offers figured out, it can be, you know, beneficial to outsources at first, get everything kind of figured out, get the numbers figured out, get the metrics, lean on the consultant in, in this situation ourselves to, to get those, get, to get it all figured out. And then you can move it in house. I, I've found that process works um, fairly well, or even taking more of like a hybrid based approach, because if you're going to go out and you're, you're going to hire a business development director, uh, you know, you might be spending $125,000, $130,000, you know, for, um, you know, for their salary alone, right? Then you got taxes, you got benefits, you got um, equipment needs that they have. You might have had to hire a recruiter to find them. There's an additional cost on top of that. So right off the bat, you know, you have, you know, you have costs. On top of that, which is often very much overlooked, is there's tools that you're going to need in order to um, implement this. So you're going to need a database um, provider. Um, you know, you might be spending anywhere from five thousand to maybe twenty thousand dollars for a database to get you the contact information and other insights to help you build these prospecting lists. 
you're going to need tools to, um, you know, like a CRM, uh, a, a sales engagement platform. So you can really, you know, do this at, at, a, at a scale, because that's the thing. If you're just going to be sending out one email a day or something, you're not going to see results. You have to really do this at some level of scale, but also very strategic. So you're looking from a tech standpoint of probably on the low end, maybe five to ten thousand um, dollars on the medium size, maybe twenty thousand know, dollars. Our tech stack alone is probably fifty thousand dollars. Obviously, we do this for a lot of clients. We can you know, there's economies of scale. But a lot of times I've seen agencies bring in somebody and they don't give them any of the tools you know, at all. So you're looking at some sunk cost there. And then there's other variable costs, right? Depending on the market that you're in, you might be spending more money than numbers that I had had spoke about. There's going to be commissions that you're going to have to pay out um, and bonuses for the salesperson. So, you know, if you're bringing somebody in house to do this, you know, you could very easily be spending all at the door two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand uh, dollars over the course of one year. So it is an investment uh, and it's a significant investment for most agencies. Now, if you're going to be winning, you know, million, multiple million dollar deals, obviously there's an ROI, you know, behind that. But if you are just kind of getting started off in this, there may be a better path to it might be to outsource it. And if you're outsourcing it, then, you know, again, it, every partner is a little bit different. So I'm going to speak more so kind of how we do it. Uh, and, and we're pretty consistent with others. Um, you know, you might be spending a retainer fee of, you know, anywhere from five to $10,000 in that range. There's usually some sort of opt out type of clause, you know, after a certain period of time, usually you're going to get the tech tools, you're going to get um, you know, all of the, uh, you know, all of the, everything that you need basically to get the program up and running. So, you know, you figure even if on the higher end, you're looking at, let's say eight or $9,000 a month, you know, you're looking for maybe a hundred thousand dollars for the course of a year versus the two fifty three hundred thousand 300,000 to bring somebody in house. So it can definitely be more economical to bring it, you know, outsource it. Um, especially again, if you're just getting things started, that might be the better route to go. And then once you get traction, you might want to bring it in house where you can really amp it up. So I want to talk about some, maybe some financial benchmarks or some metrics that if an agency owner is currently trying to spin this up in house, or they've gone down this path of hiring, um, you know, some people, how they can assess if they're on track to make the right kind of ROI. So do you have any kind of benchmark of, you know, what type of productivity, what type of uh, customer acquisition costs relative to revenue you might be trying to get to, to understand if you're doing a good job or if there's something that needs to get reevaluated and fixed in your process? Yeah. Absolutely. So what's great about Outbound is, you know, I'd use the word predictable a few times. The idea here is it's a funnel, right? You're going to target a certain number of companies or prospects on any given month, and you're going to convert a certain percentage of those into meetings. A percentage of those meetings are going to advance into opportunities or RFPs, and a certain percentage of those are going to be closed business one. So you're going to want to figure out that metrics. And it does vary agency to agency, but, you know, we have worked with enough that we have some benchmarks that, you know, I can share. So generally speaking, um, you know, if you have someone, again, that is good at doing what they're doing, that's that's another um, caveat to all of this. If this is somebody that you just hired out of college, you're probably not going to see the same results as somebody that has more experience. But generally speaking, you know, we're seeing from the number of companies that you might reach out to in any given month, maybe 15 to 20 percent of those are converting into a meeting. So a workshop, a discovery call, something along those lines. So about, let's say, 20 percent of those. From there, you know, it, again, this is going to vary a little bit on your agency. How do you advance that to the next step? So from there, we're seeing, you know, agencies generally 
probably in the 20, um, 25% of those calls are turning into uh, some sort of an opportunity. And then the beauty of this is, you know, usually it's not an RFP. So, you know, anywhere from about 50% of those opportunities then are turning into, you know, closed business one. So those are some metrics that, you know, you can kind of start to look at. And again, you can start small with targeting, you know, maybe 15, 20 companies a month. And you can kind of start doing the math that, you know, 15 or 20 companies a month will probably get you two or three meetings. So over the course of a year, you know, you're probably looking at three or four um, you know, opportunities that, that you yet you get out of those meetings and you're closing, you know, maybe about two of those um, uh, over the course of a year. Again, this varies widely, but if we're talking on these bigger deals that, you know, some of the agencies you mentioned earlier that we're working with, that they're going after the million dollar type deals, you know, that now if you're working from smaller deals, you know, those percentages change a little bit and, and they actually, um, you're going to have to win more deals, but you're also, the metrics are a little bit more in your favor as well. So Christian, for those that are listening that want to learn a little bit more about you, maybe consume some of the content that you produce, where should they go and find you? Yeah, so I think that probably the best spot would be christianbinock.com. Uh, from there, you know, I have links to all the different social channels, but the website has uh, got a lot of great resources. There's a masterclass that goes over uh, the three keys to uh, agency growth from an outbound perspective. Uh, we've also recently launched uh, something called CMOs on the Move, um, where we will provide you with a list of the current CMOs that have recently uh, been hired or promoted into new roles, which is a great um, resource uh, because usually within the first 90 to 120 days, they're looking to make some changes in the roster. So um, from an outbound perspective, it's a great list. So that's a free 14 day trial if you wanted to go to the website and, and check that out as well. Very smart. So we'll leave links to those resources in the show notes along with Christian's website and his LinkedIn profile. So you can make sure to reach out and connect. Any final words of advice for the agency owners listening today that want to level up their new business? Yeah, I just want to really encourage everybody to explore outbound as uh, as an option. I think what, you know, inbound and, and referrals are great. Um, however, I look at those as bonus that you can't build a repeatable process and scale scalable growth without some sort of sales process in play. So I, I do encourage you to to look beyond what you're currently doing. You know, uh, the, I love the quote by Einstein, you know, doing the same thing over and over again is the, is the definition of insanity. And while we all recognize that the market is changing and things are and things are changing, our new business processes in the agency space, for the most part, most agencies are not changing along with it. So open your mind, I explore some other options out there and, um, you know, feel free to reach out to me if you want to bounce ideas off. And I just want to second, you know, what you've said, Christian, because I have a few clients that we work with um, who do outbound as part of their business development process, and it works. Um, one of our clients in particular, we had set a target two years ago of having 25% of their revenue or more coming from what I considered a predictable uh, channel, and we chose outbound as that channel. And quickly, we surpassed that number. It consistently generates opportunities. And when done well, to your point earlier, it doesn't feel salesy. It doesn't feel off-brand. It is genuinely adding value to the prospects. So um, 
Uh, I know that there's a lot of uh, sometimes hesitation in our industry around this kind of a, an approach to new business, but it really does work. And the amount of additional opportunities it can put in your pipeline can make a massive difference um, in your ability to sell from the right posture and be profitable and protect scope and all those other good things that trickle down. So, um, and, and by the way, that client that I work with uh, uses an outsource partner to do this. They're not doing it in-house. So um, just more support for the thesis here. We are definitely aligned. So with all of that, I want to thank you for being on the show today, Christian. And if you're listening uh, to this at home, leave us a comment where you heard this. Let us know what you got from it, what questions you have. Um, thanks again, Christian. Appreciate you being here. Thank you. I appreciate it, Marcel. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you've ever found yourself thinking, man, I get so much value from this podcast. I wish there was something I could do to return the favor. Well, today's your lucky day because you can leave us a review wherever you're listening to this. And it is incredibly helpful. Of course, if you haven't grabbed a free copy of the Agency Profit Toolkit, go and get that. It's got tons of free resources to help you improve your profitability. If you're looking to get in the fast lane and get help from experts to improve your profitability and measure your most important metrics, then apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. We'd love to chat with you and figure out how we can help. With all of that, thank you so much for being a listener, and we will see you on the next episode.